thank you for downloading this latest episode of Totally Unscripted. I think we had a great episode. We had Carl and Yun from Area 120 at Google and also Ben Collins. So uh, we were talking about tables, which is a, a beta project out of Area 120. Um, and we also talked about how tables integrates with AppScript. So we hope you enjoyed this episode in the audio version. There are quite a few uh, screen demos, so you might want to hop along to YouTube just to watch those. But uh, we hope you enjoy. And we are live. Welcome to this latest episode of Totally Unscripted. My name is Martin Hoxie, and I'm joined by Charles Maxson. Hello, Charles. Hello, Martin. How are you doing? Not too bad. So uh, you'll see that we're missing one of our regulars. So Steve, uh, unfortunately, has um, had uh, a family issue. So we're sending our best wishes to Steve. Um, but um, Without further ado, let's crack on. So we had a wonderful show last week. I think we're continuing that vein quite richly. So I'm just going to bring in Carlin Ewan and also Ben Collins. Hi, Carlin. Hi, Ben. Hey, folks. Everyone. So um, I'm sure you'll, uh, many of you will know Ben Collins. Um, he, he seems to be everywhere when it comes <laughs> to data. Um, so we thought only appropriate to bring Ben along to this show, particularly as um, Ben, you've had some early access to the product we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we um, heard about tables at the start of this year, and it just sounded like what a fantastic <laughs> tool. I could totally see myself using it. And so, yeah, as soon as I got the chance to jump in and, and test drive it, I was um, very keen. And um, I've been using it ever since, actually, pretty much sort of, uh, you know, kind of on a daily basis now. So definitely it's uh, been a, a very helpful tool to me personally in my work. And we've also got Karen Yun, who actually actually is the co-founder and product lead of Tables, uh, which comes out of area, uh, Google's area 120. Um, so welcome, Carl. And so can you tell us actually for our viewers, I'm, I'm sure some of them aren't familiar with area 120, can you, Tell us a bit more about that and the, the particular sweet spot you're, you're hoping Tables hits. Yeah, no, I'm really happy to, to speak to all of that. And, you know, thanks for having me on the show here. Uh, so to speak a little bit about Area 120, and I, we pronounce it 120, no worries. <laughs> you wouldn't know that without the Brits. You know, the Brits, yeah. <laughs> um, Area 120 is Google's in-house incubator for experimental projects. And so, you know, a lot of these projects are early stage investments to explore new opportunities that could eventually end up being graduating into Google's largest suite of products. Um, I've actually really enjoyed working in Area 120. Uh, I've only been here a couple of years in Area 120 myself, uh, and because it, it really gives us a safe space to experiment and try new things with products like Tables. So that's Area 120 real fast, but um, let me chat about Tables too. Tables is an Area 120 project, which means we're a fully staffed team of engineers, designers, you know, product managers, and we're all building products and services on top of standard Google technologies. So, you know, actually Tables is built on top of our internal version of Cloud Spanner, as an example. And uh, although we use Google infrastructure and collaborate with teams in cloud, I think uh, an important thing to call out is that uh, being an Area 120 also means that we're not part of Google Workspace. So we don't fall under the same terms of service. We use the consumer terms of service right now. And uh, yeah. this also means that we're an independent product in Area 120 and we're subject to more change. So products can get discontinued if we don't see enough demand and value for users and Google. But uh, the good news is that we are seeing serious interest from Google users and customers across the world. And you know, it really makes our team super happy to see people using it. Um, I guess your, your question was about the sweet spot. And you know, mm. for folks who don't know what Tables is, Tables is essentially a lightweight collaborative database for teams to track and organize and automate work. And uh, you, know, you, you might be asking, well, like, uh, why this lightweight database? Why Tables? Why now? And I actually spent a few year, years working on doc sheets and slides. And actually, my other co-founder, Tim, who, who couldn't join us today, he's on vacation now. Uh, but he also worked on the Sheets team for like uh, a decade. And eventually, you know, one thing that I realized was just that digital digital work is actually just a lot of busy work around a process. You know, so much of digital work really just ends up uh, with people needing to update things, share information, make sure information is up to date across the different uh, surfaces. And yeah, it's work that needs to be done, but for every request form or project, there's some unfortunate person who needs to track all those requests and tasks and make sure they're all up to date and everyone knows what they're doing. 
And so ultimately, tables we want to help here, and this is about you know helping ourselves, helping our communities, helping all those people who now work remotely and uh, find themselves lost, <laughs> and all those emails and documents and too much copy and pasting. Help them organize their work a little bit more. So. Uh, that's the crux of what Tables is about. It's a way to let you, me, or anyone in the world sort of organize and automate their work. And Tables sits in that sweet spot between kind of ease of use, flexibility, and structure mm -hmm. for work tracking use cases. So you can customize a solution that fits your process, not the other way around. Having you know better workflows for data is something I can, uh, I think, myself and a lot of our viewers, I think, can uh, completely re relate to. I think there's a a lot of Google Apps Script developers out there, particularly using Google Sheets, um, you know, just hacking Google Sheets to, to get better workflows from stuff. Uh, we should probably say as well that um, Tables, as you mentioned, it's in the beta now. Uh, so currently only available to, to users uh, in the US. That's correct. But um, perhaps at this point, Ben, maybe given that you are, as I mentioned, the master of spreadsheets and data, um, and you've shared some amazing workarounds over the years yourself around Google Sheets and how you can use it as a productivity tool and process management tool. Um, and as we've mentioned, you've, you've had a chance to test tables. Are there particular features of tables that you thought these are big ticks? <laughs> yes, I think the, um, you know, st starting in a sheet and then thinking about, you know, what am I trying to do in the sheet that really the sheet isn't suited for? And it tends to be those information rich. Um, it is, in my mind, I always think tables is for information, sheets is for data. Data is doing your analysis, it's churning results, it's uh, you know doing calculations and forecasting and charting, that sort of stuff. And then a lot of the other types of things I use sheets for, sort of project management. You know, I've got I've, I'm running SheetsCon next year. I've got 150 tasks in a spreadsheet. <laughs> tables is the perfect solution for that because it's uh, it's much more visual it's much more intuitive um i i really love the kanban board actually which i'm going to mm. show you later on where i can because i was never one for sticking up sticky notes all over my walls but i was always, always sort of envious of people who did that i thought it's kind of pretty cool i should really go and do that one day uh, and then tables came along so i can now do that uh you know um digitally so yeah i, I just like it for that visual um when i'm working with information and processes it's uh, it is better than sheets because you're not constrained the way you are with sheets into mm. you know stuck in a row where it looks like a spreadsheet and you, it, it's hard to differentiate all the different parts of mm. that process. So um, yeah, for information, I think it does have a definite advantage and benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I, it was funny. I a couple of years ago, Eric Cleet and I did a session at Next. That's, yeah, I remember. That. And it was how do you turn spreadsheets into apps? And I always say, and kind of the impetus for that show that Eric and I came up with was, you know, people use spreadsheets as a Swiss Army knife to all kinds of scenarios. And you find yourself actually programming a lot of things in spreadsheets to make them do things that they're not supposed to do. Yeah. Right? Spreadsheets do a lot of things that they're not supposed to do. And I heard through the grapevine, Carlin, that you and Tim were working on this project. And I was excited. And we met. And you showed it to me. And I've been floored ever since. And so with that, I'm just going to stop here and say no further ado. Carlin, can you show everybody who may have not seen it or doesn't understand it, uh, can you actually share with us tables? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Martin, uh, if you don't mind putting my screen on, uh, perfect, uh, excellent there. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quick 15-minute run through. This is going to be relatively fast, but I want to show you what tables is, what you can do with it, how you can really, again, uh, kind of smarten up and streamline your workflows here. So here, this is the homepage of tables. You'll see there's some navigation on the left side, workspaces, tables, templates. We have a lot of templates that you can jump through to see what people are using tables for. But let me come back here to the homepage. These big cards is, this is a workspace and there's a number of smaller cards which are tables within it. And we'll speak to a little bit more of this. But um, what I'm gonna do is show you how you can get up and running in tables, actually importing from sheets uh, in a matter of minutes um, for a simple work tracker use case. So I've switched over to this sheet here, and this is just a standard looking sort of spreadsheet where you might have some sort of drop downs, and you can select, say, here, the project for a bunch of tasks, a bunch of assignees, target date, and status here, and some contextual links. And what we're going to do is we're going to take this and import from sheets. You can take anything from your drive. 
Um, I guess that's uh, populated right there. And once we import this in, you'll see it takes all that data and brings it in as kind of uh, you know simple text columns. And let me kind of resize this a little bit so you can see a little bit better. But what you know, this looks pretty plain right now. But let me show what you can do in just a matter of clicks to add some structure and then take that structure to kind of elevate your workflow. So let me talk about this. This status column. If you look back over here, this used to be a nice drop down. You could select the different statuses. You can color it. Let's change it into this as well. So let's go ahead and double click or right click on this uh, column header, and you'll see there's an option here to change the type. And we're going to change this type from text to drop down. It's going to automatically parse all the values in here and come up with a unique set and turn them into drop down options. And so if we want to, we can also come back in here. We can sort of auto color all the options. Or you know, in this case, I want completed to be green, in progress to be yellow, and not started to be white. And let's hit Save. You'll see you update it in one place. It reflects everywhere else. Um, and let's go ahead and change this text column into dates. Great. Um, you know, now it's, it, there's a little calendar icon. You can pick the specific date you want to match against. Um, and what can you do with some of this structure? Let me give you a little bit of a sneak preview. You know, once you have these types, you'll notice you can start doing things that are a little bit more advanced. I can say group by all the tasks by month. So I can see what was done in March, what was done in April. I can group by quarter. I can group by the status over here and see all the things that are completed in progress, not started. Um, let's kind of switch back to this assignee column. I want to change this from just text LDAPs. You see, this is just a bunch of LDAPs that I put in with uh, you know the at sign. And uh, but what I want to do is match this against uh, the employees in our domain. So this will automatically parse through and find all those LDAPs and match them against your work profiles uh, to come with your your uh, other coworkers. And now, if I want to assign this task to Tim as well, I can auto complete and search for Tim here if I like and select him and assign him to that task too. And not only that, I could also group on that. So I can group by assignee. I can see the things that I have to do, that Tim has to do, so on and so forth. Um, now, you know, this structure is nice, but uh, one thing that's that's important that we've seen in a number of use cases is that people need separate views because maybe I'm the project manager and I want to see the whole pipeline of all the work here. But maybe, you know, for for Tim, he only wants to see work that he needs to do. So let me show you how you could do that. Um, one thing that's kind of powerful that we have built into the product is this idea of filtering. So we can filter and say, if the assignee matches Tim, and once we add that, we'll only see tasks that Tim has to deal with. We could also actually use this really powerful dynamic value, which is called current user. What this does is once I hit, you know, once I hit um, update, this will show for anyone who views this view, they'll only show tasks assigned to the current logged in user. And what I can do with this is I can even save this. I can save this as a separate view called, you know, assigned to me. And what this now allows me to do is I can switch back to this overall project view and anyone else can come over here and just see all the things they didn't do. And in addition to that, of course, you can switch between a number of layouts. Ben's going to go over Kanban layouts. So I will save that for later. But you can switch you know, between grid. This is more of like a ticket queue sort of experience where you can work through each uh, line item one by one. But I think this gets at the important point about tables and how it's different from sheets, which is that every row in this table is really like a database record. And if I, for example, come and right-click on this, and you can see all the changes for this particular record, this particular task or, or, or you know, item, you could also open this up in what we call this record view. You work with all the, all the pieces of information for that record in one. You can add comments and everything as well uh, in, in all, all in one go. Um, let's chat a little bit about. Uh, something that we brought into the product recently for folks who, who uh, you know, have already played with tables a little bit. Um, we've started bringing in validation to so that, um, let's kind of explain this here. For use cases where you might have forms and, and you know, uh, use cases where you need to kind of control like character length, you want to control, um, you know, uh, dates, that dates must be in the future. We're now applying validation, which, you know, goes all the way through from our forms to the UI surfaces in here through our API so that you can really have strict control over the data and the integrity and cleanliness of that data. And the other thing that we've done too is a little bit more advanced filtering. So let me kind of explain what that is. Let's go ahead and insert a start date column here and make this uh, you know another date. And just for the sake of this exercise, I'll just do only one date. Let's do 3-10-2020. Now you might think, well, that's weird. Why is the start date, you know, uh, past the the target date for this, and that's exactly what we want to kind of showcase here. 
one thing that we're now supporting for a bunch of sort of inventory or event sort of planning use cases is the ability to do something like this. You can take a, a column here and compare it to another column. So you can say, hey, if the start date is after the target date, then, you know, that's there's something weird here. Let's save this as a view where, you know, kind of like triage or something. We need to go find all the all the tasks where the start date is after the target date and go uh, deal with those. So I'm going to go hit this X button here um, to kind of clear things out. Um, I want to talk a little bit about bots. Bots is actually kind of the superpower of our product. And let me explain a couple things you can do here. First, we could we could really allow you to send notifications and emails and also even chat pings uh, to support your workflow in whichever way you prefer. So let's do that. Let's do have an email, you know, email notification for assignees. And what you can do here is you'll see as you configure this bot, you have a number of different triggers you can select from. And you can, for example, trigger this email notification whenever someone changes a column or you could do on a time-based schedule or whenever a row has been added or deleted. In this case, we'll say whenever the assignees have been changed. So if, if the assignee changes, and let's just make sure the assignee is not blank. So there is an assignee there. We can send an email. We can add a row, update a row, delete a row. We can send webhooks, which is really, really powerful, which I'll share later. But um, you know, let's go ahead and send an email. And we'll send an email to the assignee. And let's template this email and say, hey, new task assigned. And you can not only you know, customize the email body and subject, you can also insert really powerful variables. So let's say you know, task assigned by. And you'll notice there's a little of a variable picker thing over here. And we can select, uh, for example, the updater. And we'll say, hey, this will pull in whoever, whichever user, Google user comes in and updates this particular row and assign this task to you know, this person, it'll include their email now in this uh, in this email template. So, and of course, we could just say the task title, task, and you know, status perhaps, and status. Okay. So let's uh, go ahead and save that. Now, that was nice. Uh, people also also really like to use bots for say weekly reminders. And just to kind of show you this in a in a quick second, let's say we want to have uh, you know weekly uh, upcoming to dos. And one thing we can do is use a time based bot, and we can do this say every week on Mondays at 8 a.m. Eastern, we'll go ahead and check to see if the target date is coming up in the next seven days. And this could be, you know, 28 days. It could be any sort of time period you want. But what this basically says is if the due date's coming next week in the next, uh, you know, seven days, let's go send an email. And again, you can send an email to say, hey, I want everyone, um, you know, all the assignees to be notified of our upcoming to-dos. And I'll just uh, hit save there. Now, one thing I want to show here is how you can also tie things with other parts of the Google ecosystem. So what does that mean? This email notification, let's actually copy this bot, I'm going to duplicate this bot, and turn this into a chat notification. So how does this work? Um, we're going to go ahead and change this bot action from sending emails to using webhooks. And I've already actually set up this little, uh, you know, call it a, you know, it's an escalation channel chat room. But what we're going to use is we're going to use the webhooks feature in here. We're going to create one. We'll just call this, uh, you know, task assigned uh, bot. And once we hit save, you just copy this URL there. And we come back over here, paste that URL in, use this post with JSON, uh, you know, format, which matches the Google chat um, API. You're going to have to use this specific text parameter. But we can actually use you know, that same templating mechanism. So, you know, task assigned by, uh, and then we'll include those variables again, uh, update our email. And we can include, of course, the task as well as the status. And now, once I hit save here, um, let's test this out for real. So let's go ahead and assign this. Um, It'll never work. It'll never work. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, so, um, <laughs> Instantly, or oh. pretty much instantly, there you go. We have that uh, webhook uh, fire. We see it's, it was a test that was assigned by you know our test account over here with this name and the status. And so that's an example of how that could really again help you simplify some of these workflows if you need to in the handoffs. Um, let me see here on how I'm doing on time. I will show you. Um, you're, doing, you're doing great, and we got a bunch of questions. Oh, uh, you, excellent! But did you go, man. Show the product. This is awesome. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll kind of get through the rest of it and then like I, I show some 
uh, respond to some questions. Uh, I want to show one feature which is like really important, which is um, linking data together, right? If you think about it, I describe tables as a, as a lightweight database, and that truly is the case. Let me explain why, why that is. Each table here, so this table of tasks, um, the table is the fundamental unit of, call it like the, the fundamental container for, for this product. And um, you know this table tasks can actually be pulled into any number of workspaces that we want. So we have a, this example applicant tracker, for example. I could go ahead and just come in here and say, hey, I want to pull tasks in here too. And this is the exact same table that I was working off of earlier as well. And of course, I can remove it too. Um, sharing is also all done on this particular, you know, on individual table level, not only at the workspace level. And when I come, when we kind of speak about this, I think the power comes from the ability to link these tables together. So let me explain what that looks like. So let's go ahead and create a table of projects. Okay. So why would we do this? Let's say we're tracking these tasks, but we would now want to level up this conversation. We want to find out uh, what's the status of each of these projects, these different work streams. So what we're going to do here is we're going to create this table of projects. We're going to paste over you know, some of these project names, and we'll call this uh, project name, of course. Um, maybe we'll change this column. Let's change this to you know, kind of like a project lead. Um, and we can turn this into a person column. Let's just, you know, have assign some people as leads there. Um, Great. And I can take this column here, which is just text right now. I can basically convert it into what we call a lookup column. So what is happening here? When we do this, we call it a lookup to make it match a little bit more closely with what Sheets, you know, Sheets VLOOKUP. But this essentially allows you to create a relationship between these two tables, tasks and projects, so that you can connect the data together. So let's show you how this works. We'll hit new relationship, and we're creating a relationship from tasks to projects. So we're going to do that, and we're going to select that project name column to match against. So what this will do now is it'll look through all these you know, project names and match against the project names available there. And you'll see now the column has changed a little bit. It has this little uh, you know, second level to it that indicates it's tied via that relationship. And if I try to change any of these, these projects, uh, when I try to modify this value, you'll see it shows uh, a list of the records that you can pick from that project's table. And why would you do this again? Is to eliminate all that human error where you know, you're trying to copy and paste or you know, find and replace. Instead, you know that the list of projects that each task has to be tied to must come from a set of canonical projects that we've defined in the other table. This also means I can do something like, let's rename project A to you know, uh, A, and that will reflect everywhere else. So any table across the entire table's ecosystem will automatically get the update and have that data reflected uh, you know, everywhere else. If I undo that, of course, this will update momentarily. This also um, does provide some unique benefits in this projects table. So let's say we want to see project status for you know, each of these projects. Like, how, What's the status of project A with all those different tasks there? I'm going to go ahead and call this the status summary. And we have a column type that allows you to essentially summarize all the linked rows to each table. So let me kind of go through this to show you what this means. We know there's a number of tasks that are tied to the projects in this table. And we're going to select this relationship here. And we're going to say, we're going to summarize the status and use what we call count by value. I'm going to increase the density of this view a little bit and save that. But you'll notice it's filling in. And what it's doing is it's going through all those other tables that might be linked to this, this, uh, you know, this table, and uh, at least the, in reading all the tasks from this task table and computing the status here. So you'll notice project A has one completed, two in progress. We can go ahead and find project A. There we go. There's one completed, two in progress. Let's go ahead and actually add a new option. Let's call this blocks. So this one's been blocked now with color red. And once we have done that, when we come back over here in a second, you'll see that's updated automatically as well, blocked and in progress. So this is kind of uh, the power of databases and how we're trying to make it easier for people to use without having to, again, know how to code, know how to use foreign keys and, and all of that instead. Um, all right, the, the last thing I swear I'll, I'll demo before I get to questions is um, we're working on how to continue to integrate with more of workspace and cloud, because we think that's really where the power is of having a tool like Tables 
within the ecosystem. So, you know, this is a, a bit of a, a, a lightweight example, but um, one thing we started doing is we started uh, supporting a feature to tie into cloud ML models. And so what does this mean? Let's say in this use case, this is a customer feedback demo. So imagine you want to set up a customer feedback form where people can submit you know, uh, uh, feedback responses and you want to be able to go through, triage them, and so on and so forth. So in this case, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and create what we call a sentiment column. And um, actually, and this is, a, this is only internal right now. So you're getting a sneak peek of things that are coming uh, in the future. But we have what we call smart columns. And this allows us to tie in to use the cloud uh, ML sentiment analysis model. And we can base this off of a, a column such as like the feedback column here. And we'll hit save. Now, if I, you know, let's try it here real fast. You know, oh, this sucks a lot, you know, not very happy. That will, of course, end up being very sad. If we said, you know, this is awesome. Oh, man. Love this product so much. This will, of course, then be analyzed and turn happy. And one thing that we can do is we have these forms that are set up, and I can actually copy this URL. And let's see. I guess I'll have to pass this along to um, to Charles or or Martin to pass along. But you folks can also jump into this form and fill this out. And I'll kind of walk through this with you here. So uh, in this form, if I go ahead and you know type in. Uh, hey, we have this uh, adoption blocker, not very happy, couldn't use this thing. Um, we can submit this, and that will automatically come in here. And as you see, uh, it'll automatically parse that content, run it through the model, and show the sentiment. But you know, I think the, the real aspect of this that I think is really powerful is that, oh, that's, that's great, um, is that Normally, for a developer, it'd take, you know, let's say like you're a really effective developer, you know, probably a, at least a couple of days to do all this uh, hooking up to Cloud ML, getting all the setup. And here in tables, you literally did it in two clicks. You're able to use this, hook it up to everything, and hit save and have it up and running without, you know, without a, a, a stop. And of course, we can do everything from grouping on the sentiment too. So you can see all the people who are really happy, people who are not very, uh, not very happy, and so on and so forth. But, um, with that, I'm going to stop my demo so I don't cut too far into Ben's time. Uh, and hopefully that gives you a sense of how tables, again, can help you organize, automate workflows, simplify all the sort of copying and pasting of data in, 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 a, in a way. So. so first of all, every time I see something, there's something new that I get more and more excited. And I've been so excited about this project since you started. And it's now even more better. Uh, I want to highlight a couple of things that I'm seeing actually in the questions. And the first one I want to shout out to uh, to Drake Austin. He said the main reason he showed in up for the show is because he wants to support. It's a, it's a great tool. He says, great job, guys. So pass, pass that on to the team. Um, but a couple other people are kind of asking some really good, powerful questions kind of about, you know, I know this has, you know, rich integration with Sheets. Um, I also know that this is a, is a beta product. And so, um, you know, what does that mean as far as, how do I plan to make sure that if you know I can use this or not? And is a good fallback method actually working closely with sheets, like tying the two together? Is there a way you can do that? And on top of that, actually, Shannon took it even one step further, and she wants to know: Is there an existing way to use an existing Google form? There it is. Mm. That is bound to a sheet, but use that data to drive it into tables. Is there an interconnectivity between that? And by the way. Before you answer, I absolutely love your forms package. It's built in, and I want to know how I can customize that. But that's my own personal question. What about uh, you? You know, uh, that, that's a great question, Shannon, and you know, Charles too. I'll kind of address them one by one. You know, so uh, actually, the the first part about how do we think about using tables and getting the most out of tables while understanding that they're you know maybe subject to change. And I think there's a couple things here. One, just to make sure everyone you know aware. There's always an option to export everything to Sheets. You know, Sheets, if you think about it as a lightweight database, you know, super easy. We can take this and it'll take all the data, port it right into there, and you won't lose a thing. And that's, you know, that's really the easiest kind of worst case backup you have. Um, the other thing to kind of know is we do support some ways to sync data into Sheets. And just to kind of explain how that works, we have a feature we call CSV link sharing. And you know, this, to be honest, is a bit of a workaround. But what I can do here is actually, let's do this on the tasks table. Um, I can go ahead 
And oh, thank you for, for presenting uh, my, my screen again. But uh, you, you have, again, the export option right here in this sort of little menu here. And over here, I'm just kind of demoing a feature where you can copy this formula for a table. And I'll actually do this in a new tab in the sheet. When I paste this formula, it uses the import data function to sync everything in. And of course, you could you know, format and, and, and everything that, that you want here. Dates kind of show up in the kind of sheets date, uh, you know, native storage type, and you can just format as a date too. But this allows you to kind of keep a, a, a synced copy of all the data in sheets. Uh, and you can also do formulas, charting, and, and all sorts of other things in there too. But those are kind of two ways that people have really um, use tables and then sheets as well as a backup if, if need be. Um, to Shannon's question there about forms. Now, I'll be honest, our forms are a little bit different from Google Forms just because you know we're trying to move quickly to see how we we you know provide new and different functionality actually in, in our form. Uh, so you can't unfortunately use Google Forms with tables right now. One thing that we have done that makes it a little bit easy is if you take that form response sheet. You can import it into tables. And actually, if you click on forms and hit new form, it basically pulls all those column headers and instantly creates a new form out of it. So just to kind of explain what that means, there was no form on this table yet. And when I click new form, you'll notice all of uh, the columns automatically turn into questions. And you, you can, of course, hide them. Let's say, you know, start date shouldn't be done. Let's hide that. We can even set a default date for, for that value. Um, and you can hide these questions, reorder them, and so on and so forth. But they don't tie directly to uh, Google Forms right now, unfortunately. Awesome. Uh, I know what I want for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he says, based in the UK, <laughs> plus one. Uh, well, Ben, I, I think this is probably a, a nice point as well. Um, uh, and you, you, I always feel bad when uh, Carlin has clearly um, rehearsed that one once or twice. Uh, super, super demo. No pressure, Ben. Um, <laughs> but no, I know, Ben, that you've done some work as well around um, Google Apps Scripts and um, and tables and just some of the options there with interacting. Do you want to just give us uh, some of your highlights with that? Yeah, sure. And uh, as you said, Martin, I'm afraid this is not going to be as polished as uh, <laughs> uh, so think of this more as a sort of open-ended discussion where you can butt in and ask questions and we'll see how we go. Um, also, I, I hope um, we get tables um, you know, globally as well because I have some people in the UK I work with that are really um, you know, dis you know, upset they can't work with tables. And I'm like, ah, I've got this amazing <laughs> tool. And I really want to share it with them. So um, yeah, I know there's a lot of excitement over that side of the pond. Um, yeah, so if you want to share my screen, Martin, um, you know, okay, good. So we've got, um, yeah, so I said I use tables every day um, for my, uh, I work for myself. So, you know, this workflow is obviously not going to be for everybody, but hopefully it'll be pretty interesting just to see how these Kanban board um, views work. And what I kind of have done is created this hybrid uh, calendar plus to-do list um, and sort of smush them together. And I just really like the visual um, aspect of it, the flexibility, um, and so I'll just show you that. So right now, this is you know probably looks pretty similar to what Carlin has showed. Um, it's just uh, a big bunch of tasks in a in a straightforward table. Um, but up here, uh, well, we've got the grid. We've, we looked at the grid. Carlin showed you the queue layout. Uh, I'm going to click Kanban. Boom! Look at that. Um, I love this Kanban. So uh, now. What I've got is is a, a seven day kind of rolling calendar plus my um, a little store the arrivals lounge I call it where I just kind of stuff things that I'm not going to get to this week maybe but I want to do fairly soon uh, and really I just use it as my daily to do list and what I like is to say if I choose Thursday I had to prep for the totally scripted show uh, and I can put some details descriptions if I want blah 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 when I've done with it I've set up a little bot that we'll look at in a moment just to archive that. So I hit save and that just disappears from that table, goes into my archives in case, uh, you know, I want to sort of keep track of those things. Uh, if I don't get to something, this this item here, whoops, I can I can just drag that to tomorrow, you know, no problem. So, so it's really nice. It's really um, easy to work with, uh, easy to organize my week. So I tend to try and on a Sunday evening, just kind of sit down, 
uh, and, and set up my week, uh, you know, and, and the other nice thing is sometimes I wake up and, you know, really don't feel like doing my email. I'll just move that, uh, you know, <laughs> right down to the end of the day. And then typically it gets bumped to the next day, maybe, but I try and put, you can notice I've got an email on every single day to remind me to try and uh, make sure I get to the, um, so yeah, what else? So I was going to show you the bots quickly because they are a little bit different than the bots um, that Carlin had demonstrated. And uh, I've got this one called Archiver. So I'll pop it open. It's a change in the archive column. So I'll go back to the grid for a moment because then it's a little easier to see. Um, so I had just had this column right over here called Archive, which is just a checkbox column. Um, here it is again i'll open it so whenever the archive changes uh and then it, uh, that's the the column i'm interested in what's the what's the row condition now that's going to um, trigger the box it's when it gets checked um you could have it obviously to be unchecked you could have it uh, you know to do something else if it was a different type of uh, thing and then the action it's going to take is to add a row uh it's going to add a row into the archives table and then here are some uh, down at the bottom here the columns and those template um uh, values there to fill in to just pull out whatever the data is in the actual um, in the actual row itself, and then I just had this other bot was just to delete it in that Kanban view as well, so it disappears for me. Um, yeah, so this is you know again I can really easily it's really easy to add stuff from the Kanban view as well, so I don't have to go back to that grids view. I mean I never really tend to go back to that grids view, just sit here in the Kanban board view, and uh, pretty much this is. Uh, how I keep on track on top of my own um, work. This is a demo one I've set up. I do have a few more items <laughs> on my own. I don't wait up on a Monday and just I have email and a bit of GitHub, uh, a bit of BigQuery practice. That's it for Monday. I'll move on. <laughs> so I had to remove all the stuff that I, I didn't really want to share uh, publicly, but I hope you understand that. Um, okay, so that's, I just thought I'd show you that one. Um, that's, you know, a, a view of the Kanban boards. Um, I'll show you another Kanban board in a moment for something totally different. Uh, one other thing I'll quickly show you this, uh, I Colin sort of showed this, so I'll be really quick here, but I really like when I have the grid view, I really like the different grouping. Um, right now I've grouped it on, um, you know, by course, which might be say like project for you, for example, but I could also jump to priority and say, okay, what are my high priority items? Um, or I might look at uh, the status, um, you know, ones in progress, ones that have been fixed, ones I've decided are obsolete. So, you know, th this goes back to the idea of the, the sheets versus tables mm. and tables being much more visual. Um, you know, if these are just, if these are rows in a spreadsheet, even if you color them, it's still kind of harder to get. You don't get the separation you do here and, you know, the, the sort of summaries you get here just to break these things up for more of a, uh, that kind of information project um, type work. Um, okay, so switching gears a little bit to the app script side of things, um, I was uh, super excited when uh, there was an app script service. Um, so we have the table service here, which allows you to programmatically read and edit rows. So you basically have to use the database terminology, this, the, the ability to do CRUD, which is create, read, update, and destroy or delete um, data. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can sort of get hold of your data programmatically in tables and pull it out, take it and put it somewhere else, or you can pump data into it or update data, um, you know, when something else changes externally. So, you know, you might link it to your CRM, um, or, or your uh, your client database and, and have those two in sync or talking to each other. Um, and I thought I'd just do a, a really simple demonstration actually, because there's a there's always a good chance that it doesn't work. So I wanted to keep it fairly simple. Um, and I've set up a Kanban board because I wanted to keep it on the Kanban board theme. And um, here's a little Kanban board that's a, a pipeline for your uh, recruitment, for your hiring. So, you know, you get an application, you decide to progress with that application, you're going to move it across into the in-progress row. And then you might make an offer, and then you might get somebody accepted or, or, or rejected um, that the offer. And so I thought what would be really nice is 
when we move this applicant into the make the offer row, let's have a bot that triggers, uh, uses the webhook to send data, uh, and we're gonna send it into a Google Sheet for now, but I thought it'd be pretty cool if actually you set it to, um, you know, it takes a, temp a draft doc template in your drive folder, fills it in with all the details here, um, creates a draft email in your Gmail with all of those details as well about the offer, ready for you to just you know quickly look over, maybe add a little bit of personalization and then send on as well. So you could really use this, I think, to really automate and make this really a slick streamlined process. Uh, so what we'll do is come over to now to a Google Sheets, set up the webhook, um, and then we'll come back and build the bot and, and give it a test. So here we are, blank Google Sheets, sheet one. Here's the... Um, Go new ID. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That This is nice. Um, so this is hot off the press. But we need to do post, right? This is live code. Wow. <laughs> You're brave, Ben. Awful <laughs> buddy. Um, but we're going to keep it simple, as I said. Um, whoops, and now typing in the other, the other one to the top. We're over here. Uh, if uh, the type of E is not undefined, so basically we've got some data coming in. Um, oops. What we'll do is uh, we'll get hold of the sheets. Uh, get active sheets. I'm not necessarily doing the best code in the world here, obviously. Um, oops. And we'll do, we'll call it data string. And what we're going to do is just stringify this for the moment. Um, it's like we're also getting another demo for the IDE. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See the all complete for you people, see the inline commenting. Um, yeah. Really cool. um, okay, let me just check this for a moment. Oh, wait, hang on a minute. I've got... There we go. <laughs> you wouldn't be a real live demo otherwise. Make sure you don't think I'm like type sort of this is pre recorded or something. Okay, so we'll save. Uh, we need to deploy this as a web app, obviously. So we come in, lovely new deployment. Uh, <laughs> wow, this new is nice. Web app. Gosh. Um, we'll just call it. You got competition, Carlin. <laughs> we <got> new ID. <laughs> uh, we need to set it to, to anyone, obviously, to make sure it can uh, talk to the table or the table can talk to it. Um, to do. -do. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. This is this is the talk over part. Hey, a couple things while that's popping up. Just, oh, there, there it goes. Yeah, yep. <laughs> oh, yes. Look there. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. oh, wow. Great. So we'll copy that URL and we'll come back. We'll go to a sheet now. It's blank. We'll come back in here. Uh, we'll come to the bots, we'll do new bots, and we're going to do a column change when the uh, the status column changes. And the, what we want is the status column to equal make an offer. I'm going to have to, I think I've just zoomed in. There we go. Get the add button back. Oh, that's Looks like a bug. Thanks for catching that. Okay. <laughs> that was my. Um, I'm zoomed way in actually on Chrome on the Chrome browser. To, um, there we go. We're going to send a webhook. Uh, we'll drop in that script URL that we just did. Uh, it's a post with the JSON, uh, and let's just add one parameter, which is going to be name. Um, you know, I, I we're at liberty to type to call it whatever we want there. Um, so we'll call it name. We'll do column and we'll click the name column and save. <laughs> Here we go. This is the moment of truth now. So we've got the blank row. Just quick stretch. All right. Good thoughts, people. Thank you. Good thoughts. Let's give this a try. 
So we're going to drag it across, applicant number five. And there we go. There it is. Um, that's a string of data. And there we go. We've got the name um, applicant in the middle there, um, which is really nice. Uh, and obviously, what we could do is go on and um, I'll just copy this code in actually to, to save a bit of time. Um, we can now add a bit more to it. Um, so actually, if I just look quickly back at here, um, it's we, we need to go inside the the um, that event parameter, go to post data, and then go to contents when we sort of drill down inside the object. Um, and so I've done here. I've I've gone inside the event parameter, passed it the JSON, and then pull out these three pieces. And obviously, in the bot, I need to add those in quickly. Um, we need to deploy this again. Always catches me out. Version two. So you change the codes. You need to redeploy. Yeah, you don't need to copy the URL, thankfully. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd really be in trouble. Um, so we need to quickly update the bots just to add two more. And uh, what did I call them? Position and location. Uh, so we'll call this one position. Which is just what's the position of the the job that we're applying for, the person's applying for, and then location, which you notice is a is a a location one. So that's nice. We'll show you the map view in just a moment. And I th think we're good. Let's give this a try. So this time we're going to hopefully get some actual uh, past data into the sheet. So we'll drag in applicant number four. Go back. Uh, okay, so it's, it's picked it up. We can see we've got applicant for position and location. I've probably made a typo or something. <laughs> um, you had to push it too far, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but there we go. So it's, it's really nice to build the, uh, or really easy to, to, you know, use that webhook. As Colin showed it going into a chatbot, there it is going into a sheet. Uh, it could go into your CRM. It could go uh, into, like we talked about, creating a draft Gmail or, or, or doc or something. Um, so one, let me just show you quickly as well, since we're here, the um, because this has got some places on, I can show you a map layout. Um, they're all up over here. So maybe um, not so useful, but I, you know, to yeah. see, but there we go. So, uh, you know, that's again, a really nice way of seeing this on the map and it's it's quite hard to do this when you've got the database in a sheet and you're popping open that little sidebar with a tiny little map and all that kind of stuff it's just builds in here and it's really nice to see uh, so the last thing i'll just mention very quickly is um you can send data like i talked about back into area uh, into tables and to do that you need to use the the table service itself which would add under under um the services here Come to 120 and, and just add that. And you know, you can change that identifier if you if you wish as well now in the new IDE, which is really nice. Uh, so we'd click add. Um, that would show up on the side here. And then we could just use it the way we've used the spreadsheet app here as well. Um, okay, that's I think that will we'll give I want to make sure we've got some time for questions and things. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Nice, doing a live demo. That's pretty cool. I know. You're, you're bold. That was great. Actually, I think you're, the row might have added, but at the bottom of your sheet. I think that's what happened. Let me, let me have a quick check. That would, let's see. While you're taking a look at that, we got a couple of questions coming in, and I, I want to uh, shoot this one out to Carlin, if you, if you could. Oh, yeah. Um, of so uh, Drake and Scott have both said, while Ben was showing that, kind of paraphrase, but they said, who? Who needs my current tools to do this? Who needs Trello? Uh, also mentioned using for social use cases. There's a lot of use cases here. I think that people maybe haven't even discovered yet, or, or, or you know, I kind of think the sky's the limit, especially seeing that integration that that Ben just showed. Um, what is the sweet spot user uh, that you're going for here? Because everything you're showing is no code. Mm. Ben showed a little code, small code. Obviously, uh, there's some some skill to that. But again, you know. I was blown away internally. There's a bunch of sales teams using this to manage 
right? Their, their customer relationships and their actually their sales activities. They're using it, and they're not necessarily coders or, develop, or, or technical folks. What's what is the, the the audience for this? Yeah, that's a great question, and you know, I think uh, you hit it on the head. We're really targeting folks who don't have coding experience, just because we think that's really where the need is in in the world right now. You know, we lots of got small to medium sized businesses that just need something to help them digitize all these workflows that they used to you know do in person and so that's kind of what we're going after now as you see though we are we do have an api available we have the app script service we are not leaving our developers behind because we know that they're really really important to the growth and also just the overall extension of of the product um, but primarily you know we think about tables as the the tool to go to if you just want some lightweight tracking of like we said a customer some tasks a project you know your to do's that sort of thing tables is great for and i think it's actually important to talk about what it's not great for too on the other side you know tables although it's a lightweight database don't use it to store you know a million rows of your financial logs or something like that that's not that's not what tables is is for on the other side so um, you know actually, that's a question regarding that about scale and about actually the technology you're used can you actually share with us if if this is something you can what yeah. is Technology that uh, that tables is built on. Uh, Absolutely, on I saw that question. I think it was from Rami, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's built on Cloud Spanner. Although, just to be very clear, you know, I think in Google Cloud we offer like Spanner as a as a database you can sure. you can use. This is our internal version of it. You know, it's it's basically the, the same thing with some extra bells and whistles. Uh, so that's what it's built on. And what that means though, is it's you know real standard Google production infrastructure. We have a lot of the same you know privacy control, security controls baked in. It's all stored in Google data centers. Also, you know, I know some people have asked about like kind of the security of the product. Uh, you know, at a high level, we're going through ISO 27001 compliance right now these numbers uh, and certification. Yeah, I know, I know, and like Fox 3 and all that. But, um, you know, we're in the process. It's something that takes a couple of months before you, you know, get the rubber stamp. But it is in process for that. Uh, the one thing that we, you know, haven't gone the green light on is, is kind of a GDPR, which is also why we're not available outside of the US for the time being. But, you know, in terms of security controls, we are, you know, working heavily on that. And the product itself is quite stable, uh, you know, from a reliability standpoint. So, so Ben mentioned he's a team of one, and I know a lot of Googlers are actually using it internally. But we got a question from Ken Frazier, and I'm sure a lot of folks are asking the same question, uh, specifically about kind of the usage rates. Uh, for example, Ken asked specifically, can the forms, um, can they be public? Uh, or are they to the domain? In other words, what type of solution is this? Is it, is it intra, is it inter, is it everybody? I mean, how do you put it up? Great question. We do plan, uh, sorry, we, we built it to scale so that it can be for both intra and external use cases. So forms are public. You can also, just to be clear, you can share a workspace or table with a Google group within your domain, with people outside of your company. If you work with vendors or contractors or other people that you want to collaborate with, with individual gmail.com accounts. So it's really flexible in the same way that, you know, doc sheets and slides is as well. Um, and it really targeted for any sort of collaboration you might want to make, but for these types of work tracking use cases. Great question, though. Awesome. You you um, you touched there, Carlin, on on no code and um, so kind of the other no code products that Google recently acquired is uh, AppSheet. So, uh, in your mind, what distinguishes AppSheet from Tables? Yeah, no, I mean that's a great question. Actually, we get that now and then, and. You know, if you uh, obviously everyone here uh, in in this green room or whatever has seen Praveen's episode, and if you haven't seen it, you should totally see the Praveen's episode about uh, getting hooked on AppSheet from totally totally unscripted. But I actually think he does a really good job of setting the foundation for you know how to think about this. If you think about the spectrum of complexity uh, and the evolution of a workflow solution for like a team or a process, you know, it ranges from like people have said a simple spreadsheet used just the on computers to track a list of things, and can eventually evolve to really advanced flows that require role-based permissioning and you know personalized views and you know need to be accessible on any device. So tables again is actually really more of a lightweight database that has some real-time collaboration, rich desktop layouts, and simple workflow automation baked in. And it sits kind of early on that spe spectrum, if you think about it that way. Whereas AppSheet is truly a first-class citizen developer solution for building applications. And so this can be, and AppSheet can be layered on top of any sort of database, including 
soon tables as well as sheets as well as anything else there too and i think that's kind of um really where i we sort of see the difference where actually can radically simplify the effort involved with creating solutions for some of those more complex scenarios those complex workflows um and we're actually working with Praveen's team to release an app sheet and tables connector. So eventually you'll have app sheet that you can layer on, on top of tables to provide an even more comprehensive toolkit for a workflow solution creators kind of everywhere. Any any indication when that might come out? Or uh, you know, uh, or sometime maybe possibly. Can't promise can't anything, really say. but uh, <laughs> let's say we'll we'll be we'll be testing it soon. Uh, so we'll be testing it soon. That's, that's what I can promise. <laughs> I have to I have to say I really love the tables interface and what you've done there with you know just how easy it is to you know push data around different places and you know using webhooks. It just that looks it's like Oh, I'm thinking to myself, maybe I should make an add-on for Google Sheets that <laughs> uh, replicates some of that functionality. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think that that's, uh, we, we as a team, we love that because ultimately it's about helping everyone just make their work easier, right? And, you know, I think one thing that's kind of important to call out is it doesn't have to be in tables and, you know, tables is a great way to bundle all of it together in the interface, but like having this easier in app sheet, in tables, in sheets, in other parts of the Google ecosystem, uh, you know, I think that's the, the key for where we see all this fitting in in the long term. Yeah, it's, it's the right tool for the right job at the right time. Yeah. But what I really love is the fact that they're all being connected, right? I mean, the fact that Ben just showed us how you can bring those two worlds together and when you're talking about AppSheet, I think is crazy. One of the things that AppSheet's well known for is it's, you know, it's rich views and it's kind of really, you know, pretty, pretty interfaces. Uh, do you have, and I, first of all, what blows me away, and you, know, you both showed in the demos, is just the use of different views, all these different ways you can slice and uh, dice data and make it available for other people. I've, I've made a career trying to do that in spreadsheets to share with people, but that's <laughs> so easy, and I love that. Um, actually, it's got a really nice mobile form factor. Do you plan on having like a you know a, a version that is optimized for mobile with some of the views? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Charles. You know, I'll be honest, we're a relatively small team, although we're a fully staffed and you know very busy team. Uh, we're relatively small, and so to be honest, we're probably not focusing on mobile a whole lot in the near term. We're just really working on making you know tables even even more powerful for the existing kind of workflow use cases that we have on. For sort of desktop workflow and work tracking use cases, um, and we're we know of course AppSheet has great mobile views, and we're probably leaving AppSheet to to that. No, that's awesome. We're we're almost at the top of the hour, and I just wanted to ask you this. First of all, like I said you know you showed new stuff today, whatever. But you know, what can we expect next? What should we be listening for? And when will we know more about you know the, the status of this project? Yeah, um, great question. So one of the things that we're really focusing on in the future is um, a couple extra layouts that we know people are really asking for. Calendar layouts been really popular. A Gantt chart's been very popular. Um, you know, sync. And then the other part is really bringing in syncing of data between you know the other sources. And I think that's been really. Uh, interesting request from folks because you know if you have other data sitting in other ERP systems um, you know you, that allows you to work with that data in, in different ways so uh, I think that's another key piece so just syncing data and working without integrating more with workspace and of course like you, we said some of these layouts um, one last piece I'll just add to that is that uh, we know that the current relationship system inside tables uh, is uh, you know it's great because you can connect data between tables but we don't support many to many relationships and that's something we're bringing in soon too well I, I think as Charles mentioned we're, we're close to the top of the hour I just want to thank everyone who um, posted their questions sorry if we couldn't get to all of them doing the show and I, I know um, we had a couple of questions in before the show and um, from Ken Fraser and uh, Marco so Hopefully we've um, weaved those in seamlessly into the show. Um, so thanks again, Carl and Ben. I think we definitely need you guys back on. You're like the <laughs> team demo hot ticket. Um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> and we look forward to hearing more about tables as it evolves as well. So um, we'll be keeping our ears to the ground. I'm just going to pick up a quick banner. So if you're interested in um, some of the stuff that's going on in that area, um, we get, right, 120, 120. Yes, that's right. You got it, Martin. Learned something. <laughs> uh, you can um, hit that URL and you can find out more. 
So um, thanks again to uh, Ben and Carlin. Uh, so we're again here next week, uh, same time, same place, um, doing some more uh, cool and interesting stuff. So uh, please join us. But uh, until next time, thanks for watching, folks. And uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Thank Charles. You. Thank you for downloading this latest episode of Totally Unscripted. So I think we had a, a, a fantastic episode. We had a Thank you for downloading this latest...